Hello and welcome everyone to the 33rd episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we are your host. I'm Travis, joined by Alex. Alex, how are things going, man? You got a big move coming up. You're moving all the way across Albuquerque, which is pretty far, I think. <laughs> it's, it's a few miles, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's away from like my favorite pet store and my favorite liquor store. So oh. there's 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 some there's some goodbyes that need to be said. And actually, no. Yeah, I'm gonna be moving uh, probably first week of December. I think. Okay. Weird to say because you would never do that in Minnesota, where I'm from. Uh, oh ever. yeah. Never, ever, never, ever, never. As uh, Dana Carvey's impression of George Bush would go. But um, <laughs> we're 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 getting we're making this happen. Our we need a bigger yard for our dogs. We need more room. Uh, this house we live in now uh, that we're renting is 1,100 square feet. Granted, it's only me and my girlfriend, but and and two dogs. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they they claim their own space too. But um, and a yard is really small here too. But um, yeah, we need we need more room. We need some equity. We need to uh, you know, the place where we're trying to get into uh, has an unfinished basement, which is very rare in new mexico in general like anywhere in fact anywhere in the southwest hmm. having a basement is like pointless having anything underground is pointless i don't know why i don't know why. it's just it's just not necessary i guess but um yeah we we have an opportunity to like make that a real thing we can finish that ourselves um there's lots of improvements to have so upward and onward and all that sort of stuff cool man well congratulations and good Thank luck you. i would say in you know, it would be a good time to move in Minneapolis, but maybe the best time to move there in old Albuquerque. We got too many people already. Don't move to Albuquerque. <laughs> There's too many people here. Well, I just I just mean like weather wise, you're moving in December. Oh, weather yeah. 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 Pretty temperate there. We still uh get to uh, what was it this morning? Twenty eight degrees this morning when I was walking the dogs. That's nice. hoodie weather for me. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big deal. It's not. It's it's fine. Our to my dogs, it's fine. Uh, Ulysses has a big uh, winter coat, but Clyde is used to it too. He's not a he's he's not a fan of cold weather for sure. But yeah, yeah. Um, but you still no, have I'm your not, Minnesotan like wolf coat on. Like you're still. Oh, Pearl calls it moose blood. Moose blood. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where I somehow emit heat even when it's like. It, I, I'm just like sitting here at, at my computer <laughs> and I'm somehow like giving off heat. And it, it's like, yeah, that's from living in freaking Minnesota for <laughs> 32 years or however long I was there. So is the is the channel going to slow down? Are you going to take a hit uh, during that whole transition period? Uh, hopefully not um, because I've got a lot of plans. Plans. I've got a, we've been going in the think tank, me by myself in an actual <laughs> tank that think the word think spray painted on the side of it that's a good idea um yeah it's a think tank so um i'm blowing up buildings and i'm thinking about the channel it helps me think yeah uh wondering what i'm gonna do next but i've got some good ideas i've got a lot of stuff that i want to do so yeah a lot of like uh unreleased stuff for uh more more rom hacks for super nintendo more uh famicom stuff for nes you know like uh english friendly famicom stuff more lists. People love lists. They love right? them. They love them. Yeah, of course. People love lists and some compilations that I hope to get off the ground. So those yeah, all well. sound like you know pretty involved videos. So good on you for planning those out. Here's hoping. 
How are you doing, Trev? Uh, I'm good. Let's cut. To, let's cut to the chase. I had a, I had a joke. I was I was going to say you, know, you you get in there and you sweat out all that moose blood after a few minutes. Stink tank. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, one one heads up though for everyone uh, because of uh, Alex's p- pending move and my burdensome work schedule in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going to move the show to biweekly for a spell and uh, still still trying to get. You know, drunk and friendly out here, but um, t- taking uh, taking some breaks in between there for uh, for a little bit. So you only get two a month, but uh, we're still planning to have some guests on and stuff like that. Uh, just until things settle down, we'll we'll resume weekly per usual at some point. But just a heads up there. Uh, but it, yeah. for me, as far as like you know, normal life stuff, I'm doing good. I uh, got a promotion to work. Um, super busy Jeez. all the time. Jeez. I'm super stressed out. You're a doctor, and now you're freaking like Mister Mister Perfect over there with your <laughs> with your curly blonde hair. I don't know. I, I do have a mullet. It's it is curly, but oh, it's only nice. because it's 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 kind of getting wispy because I think it's trying to fall out of my head, like it's trying to wave goodbye <laughs> to me. Um, I'll have a skullet hopefully by the end of next year. Sweet. But no, they just put senior in front of my title. It doesn't really mean anything. I don't do anything different. I just seem older and more distinguished, which is fine. Cool. The mullet was already kind of doing that. Do you have a nameplate on your desk that you have to reorder? <laughs> There's one on my door someone will have to fix, but I haven't been to my office since March, so I don't know that it matters. Nice. You you, you actually have like an office with a door that you I do. slam? I do. Yeah, and actually it slams on its own. It's a very heavy door. I'm actually kind of scared of it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good times. Let's talk about some recent videos because it has been a couple weeks since we got together and... And together we have released a number of videos, and you even have one coming out tomorrow. So, and we're recording this on a Wednesday, by the way. So, for me, you know, I did this community post thing. You know, once you get to a thousand subs, you're you're granted with the the ability to harass everyone that follows you with a community post in their in their YouTube feed. And uh, I had asked in the middle of like July because I was really far ahead. I was like, "Hey guys, um, I don't normally do this. Usually, I just kind of go with whatever suits me, whatever I'm feeling." But uh, I do have a slot, like a day coming up in like November. And you know, is there any suggestions for games you would like a nest friend of? I'm uh, not really expecting many people to get too involved. I'd, I hadn't really gotten much feedback on a community post before, but I just thought I would see what happened. But people latched onto that. They were all excited to, to be able to boss me around. So a lot of the yeah. suggestions were pretty good. But for some reason, there were multiple posts and a lot of thumbs-ups uh, for the game Werewolf. And uh, I had kind of known that one to always be kind of garbage. But... Um, <laughs> And I'm sure those people did too, which is why they wanted me to cover it. But uh, <laughs> it ended up being a pretty fun video and, and actually quite um, popular. So look at that. Oh, very nice. Probably the whole Halloween thing, I would imagine, had something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, I would like to think that the uh, reason it took off was because of the Mystery Science Theater episode of Werewolf, where the horrible actress that was in that movie could not pronounce the word werewolf. And she kept saying werewolf and <laughs> warwolf and warwolf, and she could not pronounce it correctly. Huh. She was not, I don't think English was her first language, but. I will say now the tweet replies to me posting that video between you and Pearl now makes yeah, sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it started with her, yeah. Yeah, I was very confused for all up until now. So this is good, good information. No, yeah, yeah, that's, that's why. That's one of her favorite episodes is warwolf. <laughs> Are you turning into a werewolf? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that tickles me. It's a great episode. You should watch it sometime. It's I will. a really bad movie. I, I I do love that. I love 
I love shitty movies. I love shitty things. I loved Werewolf the Game. It's pretty shitty. So look at me go. <laughs> well, I'll make sure to check it out then. You also covered Yukai Dochiki? Dochuki? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Yokai Dochuki. Yeah. I, that's that's rough. I don't know how to say that. But um that looked interesting to me. Uh that was your video that posted today yeah. as we're recording. The bummer about that game as you know, it, it looks interesting that in that uh it looks like kind of like a Goemon it's like Namco's version of Goemon. That's a good point. Yeah, basically, yeah. But um, it, I, why does like the top half of the screen have to be covered up with stats and a map? <laughs> I know, and all that stuff. It sucks. Like that's such a bummer. I hate that kind of thing. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a good thing for me to point out, which is why you're the pro. But yeah, that would have been great for a pause menu to have. But instead, uh, it's just hanging out with you the whole time. Even that pointless map. It's, it's I so mean, the goofy. map doesn't have a, like a cursor on it or anything. I was I was waiting for like something to move, and it doesn't. <laughs> it's just there, and I'm just like, uh, yeah. I even put your video at like two x just to see if two x speed. <laughs> yeah, just to see if something happened with that map, and nothing happened. I was just like, well, that's dumb. Yeah, pretty garbage map. But, but I yeah. mean, they don't really give you a map when you go to Purgatory. So I mean, I guess it's realistic. I suppose so. Yeah, you're. Yeah. That, is that where you are? I thought you were like still in real people land but you were <laughs> sent to hell to do something i guess more technically you're in shadow land because that was the oh, arcade shadow, port okay. but i i think yeah. that is just a, a a way to say purgatory and make it marketable but uh yeah i i don't really know it's it's very weird and convoluted i did like though that you could buy fairy poop for food and uh, a carl lewis drink i think that's interesting <laughs> carl lewis drink do people know who Carl Lewis is anymore? I don't know. I had to. I made sure to like specify a little bit in the video. Like Carl Lewis, of course, was a gold medalist in the eighties and nineties, and because I know that there's some people out there that are like have no idea. They're too young to. I mean, it's appreciate. amazing that he's a gold medalist in the nineties because he was pretty old when he won that gold medal. Yeah. In what? Uh, I think he won in ninety six. Yeah, I think in so. Atlanta, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eighty four was his uh, coup de gras so to speak he was like i think that's when the one when he won four in los angeles when he became a superstar and he was i mean the guy's unbelievable like he's one of the best athletes to ever live and yeah it's just i'm like, looking now he yeah. definitely won a gold medal in all four of those olympics wow that's pretty cool that spans 12 years yeah it's, <laughs> it's pretty insane he's 60 years old now and i'm sure it could is is still just amazing at stuff by the way, if you want to see the uh, Carl Lewis is a, is a brilliant athlete and one of the all-time greats, but if you want to see the absolute worst most painful rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner, look up Carl Lewis national anthem. Oh no. Did he and he try sings to sing in fr- I I I believe it's for a Nets Bulls game in like 1996 or 97. And it's terrible. It's oh. it's like even Jordan is laughing. Where he's like, oh my god, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty hilarious though too, because he tries for these like big notes, oh. and it doesn't work. And now I'm sad. Even Carl Lewis is like, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> you've made me sad. I don't want to see yeah. Carl Lewis sad. Oh no, he's not sad. He has a good sense of humor. About it. It's just, <laughs> it's like, why would they book anybody other than, or like, why not someone that could sing? Why why book a guy that's just known for running to to do that? Maybe, that's weird. I'm sure his agent had a lot of uh, had a lot of say in that. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> He's been on the Wheaties box. He can do it all. Yeah, that's right. Do kids know what Wheaties boxes? Are? That's a good point. <laughs> now we have to. We've already explained Carl Lewis. So kids, the Wheaties box. That's a cereal 
And uh, sometimes you get a little athlete on there, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, it used to be a big deal too. I yeah. remember Mary Lou Hatton. Uh, Mary Lou Hatton was like the first like big. I think was it Mary Lou Hatton? That's good trivia. Or was there, was there somebody before that? But she was uh, the gymnast in '84. She was like I think she was the first one to like make that popular. But I'll tell you this: every boomer aged person in the state of Minnesota owns. A Minnesota Twins 1987 Wheaties box. I guarantee you, because hmm. that was the that Twins team in '87 when they won the World Series. That was the most popular team in Minnesota sports history. They bought everything, anything and everything to do with that. My parents have it. I'm sure my my uh, best friend from high school, Gretchen's parents. She she's listening. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure she has. Uh, her parents have that. Um, and it's got Dan Gladden like reaching over the giant pile. He's like the only guy you can make out because it's just a massive humanity celebrating like the championship and all that sort of stuff. And everybody in Minnesota, all you Minnesota listeners out there, uh, I guarantee you, your parents have a Wheaties, a a Twins Wheaties box out there. Anyway, we got sidetracked. Well, we kind of did, but now you've got me looking at Wheaties trivia. So, the first woman athlete depicted on the Wheaties box was. Babe Didrikson Zaharis, a golfer, in 1935. Wheaties has existed for that long? Yes. Evidently, the first athlete depicted on a Wheaties box was in 1934, baseball player Lou Gehrig. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Well, why Why is Lou Mary Lou... What the hell's her name? So Mary this Lou is Lou the Lytton. interesting thing. This is how they, they're uh, distinguishing this. So what I just told you about Babe Didrikson Zaharis... Uh, she was the first woman athlete depicted on a Wheaties box. In 1984, uh, gymnast Mary Lou Retton was the first woman athlete depicted on the front of a Wheaties box. Oh, okay. There so we go. At some That's point, they switched thinking. over to, to it being the front of the box being the thing. And then here it says 1987, the Minnesota Twins were the first team depicted on a Wheaties box. Oh, very nice. Okay. Love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they were such a fluke, that team. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah, and get this. First professional wrestler depicted on the front of the Wheaties box in 1999. Any guesses? Or do you remember 99 it? would have been either Austin or The Rock. Was was Austin, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I didn't have any idea that they put wrestlers on the Wheaties box. <laughs> Fun times. Well, I remember, I think it was Austin... Uh, did the got milk thing, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember those? The, I that do. was like a big yeah, thing. I do. That's, yeah, that is weird. Uh, and Michael Jordan ho- holds the record for most depictions with 18 times. Tiger Woods, 14. Oh, wow. You'd think uh, that would be uh, a wider gap, but uh, yeah. Certainly. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's been your Wheaties trivia corner of the episode, folks. <laughs> the video of this past Tuesday was Demolition Man. Have you seen Demolition Man? I'm going to say I haven't, and I don't know what that makes you feel about me. No, it doesn't matter. Okay, it's, it's, okay. it's not essential viewing. It's just a, a fun, silly movie. It's a fun action movie from... Uh, it, it, it's very lighthearted. It makes fun of itself. It, it's self-aware. But it also has a very good villain with uh, Wesley Snipes as Simon Phoenix, and there's a sense of urgency about it towards the end and all that. Um, but it's it's a really funny movie. Um yeah, I think Stallone um, had a pretty good sense of humor about himself, so that lended itself well to this movie in particular. Um, and the whole uh, Taco Bell thing and the whole uh, futuristic thing, I don't 
recall the exact year this movie is supposed to take place in, mm. but um, I remember Taco Bell is basically in charge of everything. Oh, <laughs> it's it's a pretty good movie. It's 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 a it's a fun watch. I don't think it's too long. The best part about it is it it doesn't it's not one of those overly serious action movies like uh uh cliffhanger which i'm talking uh, about the game on tuesday or on thursday rather tomorrow mm-hmm. cliffhanger is one of those movies that's it's your classic sliced alone like you know like <laughs> everything everything is urgent and everything is like on the edge of your seat and it's just like this is stupid <laughs> you got john lithgow chewing the scenery you got michael rooker just freaking out the whole movie it's it's so it's not good. I mean, it's fine. It's it's a good summer blockbuster. I kind of like that movie only because that cemented for me and forever that Michael Rooker is just a, the, a great villain. He's just such a good douche. He's not the villain in that one. Well, he, he's, he's kind he's, of like a he's an, he's antagonistic for sure, though, right? Like especially at the oh beginning. yeah he he's he's a crazy person, right? He's like yeah. the the X factor, I guess you'd call him. That's and fair, he's yeah. just like. He he! The, every moment he's on the screen, he's screaming off the at the top of his <laughs> lungs, and it's just like, "What are you doing? Shut up!" They couldn't hear their lines over all the helicopters that were in every scene. <laughs> that was a running gag between me and my brother. Like we would any any movie we would go see in the theaters in the nineties, we'd be like, "Okay, how many helicopters are going to explode here?" <laughs> uh, you know, we go into like. A James Bond movie, and it's like, okay, over under one and a half. We're gonna go two. We're gonna go over. Uh, definitely, but the game, not as good as the, the game movie. is horrible. Yeah, pretty bad. But Demolition Man was actually a really good game. It looked fun. I don't say really good, but it looked passable. The less said about Cliffhanger, the better, because it's just a generic beat 'em up. It sucks. It's up there with like Last Action Hero and all that crap. But um, Demolition Man is fine. Yeah. yeah pretty good it's it's on the same level as stuff like stargate um not quite as good as stuff like alien 3 or what are some others judge dread another stallone movie i would put judge dread ahead of demolition man but demolition man is fine i really enjoyed when you got to the later levels in the game where you're taking a zip line down there's no lag or anything and you're just like zipping down gunning down enemies and it's pretty freaking cool. It's like, damn, this this feels like a Contra game. Nice. And uh, yeah, I really dug that. But um, I want to get the 3DO version. That's where it's at, evidently. Oh, apparently, yeah. Uh, Sly shot scenes for that, you know, exclusively. Oh, gotta and, love uh, that. Yeah. I don't know how what his paycheck looked for that, but um, nine yeah, light gun levels. Oh, just nine light gun levels. That's what it Jesus. says. Yeah, the 3DO. Game was developed in tandem at the time. Sixteen levels, nine are light gun levels, four are one-on-one fighting, and two are first-person shooter. And one <laughs> is a mission-based racing game. So yeah, it's a it's a completely different game. Whoa, yeah, that's Je- ambitious. Jesse Ventura's in there a little bit. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. yeah, they got the whole cast in there too for those extra scenes. Sega CD. That's where it's at, man. Yeah, 3DO. Do you have it? Or I'm sorry, not Sega CD. 3DO. Mm-hmm. Do you have a 3DO? I do, sadly. Yeah, F2 yeah. actually. Did one stop working? No, the, the guy that was selling them to me he didn't test them, and he thought they didn't work. And so he's like, "Do you want these and see if, to fix?" I was like, "Sure." And I took them home, and they both just worked. He's just an idiot. So, <laughs> what about um? Do you have any games for him or anything like that? I do. Yeah, I don't have anything uh, great. I have Road Rash, which is like supposedly one of oh, the better nice. ones. It's pretty fun. On That's it, got yeah. the Soundgarden soundtrack. Oh, it's yeah. it's a good soundtrack. Yeah, 
Then you got some, uh, I don't even know how to say this. You did well on the episode, but I don't know how do you pronounce it. What is it? Uh, I'll try oh, it. Oh, you're talking about... Uh, Monogatari? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Iatova Monogatari. <laughs> Monogatari. Oh, sorry. Um, I think you're supposed to put the emphasis after the Monogatari. Oh. I, I think that's what Google Translate told me. But... um, I'm learning. Yeah, that's a walking simulator before walking simulators were a thing. Um, it's an adventure-style game where you just wander around and talk to people and figure stuff out. And it's very chill. The music is so good in that game. And it kind of has to be <laughs> in order for that game to work. You can't have like James Bond Jr. style music <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> games like that. You, you you have to have something like really melodic and very chill in a certain mood. And it's got to be certain. It has to have a certain pace to it and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. Did you play all the That's way through it? it? Yeah, it's got a weird ending. Um I'll admit that it's it's very surreal. It's very uh, I don't know how to s- describe it without spoiling it. Gotcha. Yeah. How long did it take? I'm just curious because you you said it was Walking Sim before Walking Sims. I mean, is it is it fairly short? I mean, you can finish it in like an afternoon. It's like th- two three hours something around there. It's very pretty. I like the color palette. It's very soothing or pastel. Yeah, I like the the animals. <laughs> personally i know that sounds childish but no. i like the rabbits i like the bears <laughs> I like all that sort of stuff um it felt like a, a children's book you know that you were just like living through uh but with kind of like a surreal craziness to it which i really enjoyed so very cool yeah yeah i liked it i was kind of sold on it uh it looked pretty neat in the video and I'm i'm more and more interested so maybe i'll check that out very cool right on all right so what, do you want to go into Sly Corner and then emails? Sly Corner. Okay. All right. So. We didn't we didn't outline anything about Sly Corner. We were totally just winging Sly Corner. <laughs> That's all right. I forgot about that. But um, yeah, Sly Corner. Okay. So do you. All right. Let's, let's just start here. Arnie or Sly? Who are you taking? Like in a fight or just like for. <laughs> no, I mean just for like a movie. Body of, body of work. Uh, body of work. That's tough, man. It really is tough because at one point, Sly was just saying yes to everything. I guess they both were. Ugh. Well, I mean, okay, let's break this down because Sly has the Rocky movies, which were, you know, Rocky won Best Picture in 1976, and it started a, it practically started a whole genre of new movies of, like, the sports comeback movies genre basically so it's it's influential big time it's it's it hasn't really aged very well neither has rocky 2 but rocky 3 and rocky 4 are both like i i'm not sure the right way to describe them they're both fun (laughs) and ridiculously over the top and cheesy certainly yeah i mean they're they're iconic Still, and one even yeah. basically defined the Cold War. I mean, it was basically the the rallying point for. <laughs> it didn't just define the Cold War; it ended the Cold War. I mean, it might have actually ended it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, I really like the first Rocky. That one is my favorite, just because of how raw it is. I mean, it's 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 that's true. The true it, underdog it ha- story. Yeah, it does have a certain rawness to it because it's rough around the edges. It's Sly wasn't a star yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a story of a guy that's, you know, wants to be, make something of himself as a boxer. 
and that sort of thing. And and it, it's kind of, it follows the trajectory of Sly a little bit because he wasn't quite a star at that point and that movie certainly helped him. And then I feel like the rest of the movies, it goes from being all about character and about this guy who's just a, you know, he's a little annoying. He's trying really hard with this girl. He really just wants to be a, a boxer. He's He's not the brightest bulb in the drawer. And then from the second movie on, it just seems like he's just this near perfect machine that has few faults and he's always very shiny and, and oiled up. And I don't know, it just, it, it completely goes from just this really good character story to, uh, muscles and, you know, music. <laughs> well, it turns into pro wrestling at that point. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, here's the villain of the week. It's Mr. T or it's Dolph Lundgren or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's basically the formula at that point. And then Rocky five came and ruined everything. Cause that movie's horrible. R- Sly also has Rambo. He's got Cobra. He's got, uh, what else does he have in the eighties? Tango and cash. Oh, that's a great one. And yeah, that's a fun one because, uh, and I can see why Sly took that one because he plays the straight man basically. Yeah. And that one while Kurt Russell plays the, the, he doesn't play by the rules cop. Loose cannon. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Loose cannon. Yeah. He's a loose cannon. You can't control him. (laughs) And, um, what other eighties movies did he do though? I can't even remember. Cause I, I go into the nineties over the top or my mom. Over the top. Over the top. Yeah. Yeah. No, over the top is fun for dumb reasons though. That's, that's. It's a movie about arm wrestling, for God's sake. I know, but I, it's still, it's fun. <laughs> I don't remember any other ones um, from that time. In the in the 80s, just Cobra over the well, top. Well, I'm looking them up now, so I'm going to cheat and look All it up. All three Rambos. Well, I mean, he did like Rhinestone. Rhinestone. Staying Alive, which was a Travolta starring yeah, role. A no, dance musical. We, <laughs> I didn't see that's that. Pretty I don't bad. know what that is. Yeah, that's not great. So yeah, I guess I guess the Rockies really dominate my mind when it comes to the '80s, and and that's what I glom onto. But and then we got First Blood, and then we got Rambo Two, mm-hmm. uh, for you know all that's what is it Rambo Two Last Blood or something? I forget. No, Rambo Two First Blood. It's, yeah, uh, or I forget. Rambo what, what the heck Rambo. Is the... <laughs> okay, so Rambo First Blood, Rambo First Blood Part Two, Rambo Three. Oh, there we go. Yeah, which makes no sense at all. Yeah, not at all. And then we get into the 90s with Sly. We get Cliffhanger. We get The Specialist. We get uh, Assassins. Yeah. Um, Judge Dredd, of course. Judge Dredd, yeah. That was a kind of a dud. Copland. <laughs> well, Copland's got the iconic scene with uh, that has really nothing to do with Sly. It's it's all Robert De Niro and he's eating a sandwich. <laughs> and he, I think we've already talked about that his, on this podcast. I think you've and talked about His hand... <laughs> <laughs> his hand and his mouth are covered in mayonnaise, and he's like, his his mouth is full of food and like, gross. you know, iceberg lettuce and bread and stuff. And he's like, I tried to offer you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it. You, and then he uh, he digs in the knife even further with a second. You blew it. <laughs> it's, it's great. I love it. And then sadly, Sly released no movies after that. He's gone without a movie since uh, nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> what about Kit Car? What about Kit Carter? What about the his? He did a voice in Ants. <laughs> I actually remember that. I saw Ants in theaters. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, yeah, I was like seventeen. I think I brought my girlfriend to see that at the time. Oh god, bad t- bad times, bad times. But Arnie, on the other hand, we're going okay. So it, what I was getting at is that Sly has all the. Uh, credentials. He's got the Academy Award for Best Picture, 
And he's got the Rocky movies. He's got these iconic franchises. He's got Rocky and Rambo. Mm-hmm. Whereas Arnie, Schwartz, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he starts out with Pumping Iron, the documentary. I'm, I'm not sure how much you can credit him for that, you know, other than being the star. But he's just, you know, it's not his, it's not a star vehicle, so to speak. But then he's the Terminator. He's Conan. He's, uh, what else? Uh, freaking Raw Deal. He's a red heat with Jim Belushi. He's uh He's in Commando. Commando, yeah. I always forget that one. Predator. Predator. Predator's amazing. Did you say Running Man? No, I did not. Uh Running Man, Total Recall. Total Recall. Uh to- Terminator 2 is one of my favorite movies ever. It might be my favorite movie of all time, actually. Wow. Um He also he did some fun comedies. He was in the the what was it? Twins with uh DeVito. Twins with Danny DeVito. Kindergarten Cop. He, Kindergarten Cop is hilarious. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Uh, I I'm not crazy about it. I love Phil Hartman, but I'm not crazy about that one. Eraser. A lot of people crap. Yeah, Eraser's okay. I'm not crazy about it, but I watched it again not too long ago, and I was like, hey, that was better than I remember. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. I actually watched it fairly recently too. Yeah, I, James Khan is the villain. He's a good villain, and uh, I thought it was fine. And and we've got uh, what's her name. Uh, Tia Carrera in it too, right? Um, I'll was it Tia Carrera? Vanessa Williams? Or Vanessa Williams, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of True Lies. I got her mixed up with True Lies. Junior, that's another one of the funny ones, if we didn't say that one already. I have not seen Junior, so can't comment on that. It's goofy. Uh, really? Arnie <laughs> getting pregnant? It's goofy? Pretty goofy. Are you sure? Pretty goofy. Can you check your sources on that? <laughs> There's a few in here I've not seen, like Red Heat. I've not watched that. That's with Belushi. Uh, it's kind of mediocre. Um, like the big scene, the big action scene at the end is like uh, uh, an 18-wheeler jackknifing and slamming into like a warehouse or something, and then it explodes. It's like the whole movie leads up to that. It's like, eh, whatever. I didn't watch End of Days. I saw End of Days in theaters with my dad. Um <laughs> That was creepy. Yeah, I bet. It was the it was the first one Arnold movie that he did that was kind of occult and mm-hmm. I, am I saying I'm not saying that right? I don't care. Occult, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, that was that was a weird one. Um, it was interesting. I'll say that. Did you see the sixth day? No, I didn't see the sixth day either. I don't think. No, I've not. That seen one that. wasn't very good. It was kind of. Is it's clone stuff and it's not great, but yeah, he definitely leaned into the sci-fi a lot more than than Sly did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, Sly wanted to stay in reality. Yeah. Arnie wanted to be on Mars, basically. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> so I think in comparing the two, I still, if if we're comparing just the eighties. That's still tough because I feel like Rocky is just really strong. That's just that's just strong series right there. There's just some iconic mm. films, but in the '90s, I think you got to give it to to Arnie. To Arnie, yeah. Last Action Hero, True Lies, and Terminator Two puts him over the top for sure. Yeah. '80s, I think, is a dead heat. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you. Where it's you can you can't go wrong with either. I mean, Predators, Predator, Running Man, and Total Recall. Well, Total Recall is technically '90s. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Sly '80s, Arnie '90s. The thing is, is that I kind of think Sly '80s is a bit over. Well, I I shouldn't say Sly '80s is overrated because I think 
Cobra in general is overrated. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a mediocre movie in terms of like silliness and action and ridiculousness. I didn't think it was that good. Um, I thought some Van Damme movies were better. I mean, by better, I mean like more ridiculous and like laugh out loud funny and entertaining. Right. Uh, than Cobra. Cobra was kind of like, eh, this is fine. As far as like, if you're going to ask me, would I rather watch um, Bloodsport or Kickboxer over Cobra? I'm taking Bloodsport and Kickboxer yeah. every time. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I'm taking pretty much every Arnie movie in the 80s over Cobra every time. So that's that's just me, though. Seagal, I think Seagal can go piss up a rope. How about you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. That guy's, uh, man. I was taken aback that you even mentioned his name. <laughs> I I think Under Siege is fine. I think Out for Justice is fine. Hard to Kill is fine. I can't even remember any others. But the rest are just like just vanity projects. Like he thinks he's Tom Cruise or something. It's just embarrassing. They feel like, very just, just made for USA, like the network. Yeah. Oh, made for uh, U- the USA Network. Yeah, yeah like they 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 all feel like two a.m. kind of. A lot of them, anyway. I I don't even. I I couldn't name a lot of his films. I know he's just he's in tons still. I don't know what the I don't know what the hell he's doing. <sighs> anyway, uh, yeah, he's still he's still at it. I think too, and he looks like he weighs about three hundred pounds. And yeah. He's in bad shape. Yeah. And like, you don't have to color your hair anymore, dude. We know you're 70. Like, <laughs> he doesn't know he's 70. That's a total, like, self imposed thing, man. It must be. Yeah. And the talking through whispers. I think that's what gets me the most. It's just like, speak up. <laughs> I forget if it's out for justice or hard to kill, where he's in a coma. and Or he's put in a coma by the bad guys, and then he grows a beard, quote unquote. <laughs> and uh, it's just a bunch of like cloth glued to his face, <laughs> and it's really bad looking, and he looks terrible. And we're supposed to believe that, like, oh yeah, of course he has been in this coma for five months, and he grew this beard and all this sort of stuff. I wish I remember what movie that was, but yeah, that's that's Steven Seagal at his at his peak. I think that's that's the peak of his career was that moment, that scene. Yeah, I was I'm scrolling through his uh his catalog of films and it's amazing how many of them have kill in the title. He's in A View to Kill, <laughs> Hard to Kill, uh Out for a Kill, Contract to Kill, Driven to Kill. I swear I missed one. There was another one. Oh, uh Kill Switch. It's all about those kills. <laughs> kill, 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 kill. Well, even then you got on Deadly Ground, which is more dead. Right. If you're not killing, you're dead. And he started his career with Above the Law, which is, you know, you got to be above the law to kill. You got to wonder, there has to be a Steven Seagal movie title generator somewhere. It's just kill, <laughs> dead, and the, <laughs> and they just rotate them through. And out and uh, against. <laughs> against the kill. Impact. And, uh, yeah, weapon and all that sort of stuff. Weapon to kill. Maybe throw yeah, weapon to kill, marked for death. Oh wait, marked for death actually is one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, you can accidentally come up with real ones. This is how fun this is. <laughs> God, he sucks. Okay, cool. Well, that was Sly Corner only because Alex selected this week to release a couple of games on his channel about Sylvester Stallone. Uh, 
which has yeah, prompted. Yeah, that's, o- that's yeah. the only reason we're doing this. Yeah, he didn't that's die it. or anything. He's fine. We're not commemorating. It's just, what else are we going to talk about? We didn't have a guest. So uh, we did. We do have some emails, though. Aha. We definitely have some emails, and I'm excited for these emails. I want to thank everyone for sending some emails. We have a pretty good email log now, so keep sending them, though. Keep doing that, but I'll take the first one here. This was from our friend Brad. Brad says, Hey, Alex and Trav, longtime fan of both channels and your podcast. I'm liking that this is not simply gaming-focused and enjoy guests such as Layla Ataya, MES, and discussing sports, to name a few, and hopefully he likes a Sylvester Stallone episode. Having said that, I was just curious, or having said that, I was curious what games of your respective consoles have the best replay value. You can get burned out playing Mega Man and Mario all the time, and RPGs are nice and long, but can be hit or miss. My friends have taken to creating our own drinking games too, such as taking a sip if you get hit in Castlevania and finishing your beer if you fall or die. Jesus Christ. I was wondering if you had any drinking games you played with the SNES or NES library. Keep up the good work and stay classy, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Oh man, um, that drinking game sounds brutal. Yeah. By the way, with Castlevania, holy shit. No, thank you. My God. Um, yeah, I'd I'd be drinking a lot of beer if uh, I'd be that were me. in a coma. Yeah that that would be that would be bad news for me. But um, as far as replay value, I think multiplayer games have a lot of replay value when it comes to like Goof Troop or uh, Smash TV or you know where both players are on the screen at the same time. Contra 3, that sort of thing, is always really fun to uh, have somebody new play the game that's not familiar with it. That always, you know, it's it's almost like you're re- you know, you're playing the game yourself for the first time. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, as far as like the Mega Mans and Mario's and stuff you you get burnt out on and the RPGs, it's always fun to like come up with new ways to um, play those games. And that's why I really admire the speedrun community because they've come up with a new way to, to get uh, some interest out of the same old classics the other night i just watched arcus (laughs) stream his attempts at uh, a personal best at marble madness for like an hour and it was hypnotizing it was amazing it was just he that guy is such so chill and so relaxing i i feel like the some of those games like super mario world Mega Man x those games are like that for me too it's just they're i'm so used to what they are it's like let me go for a personal best. Let me see how let me see how far I can go in Super Mario World without dying. You know, taking a direct route without using the Star World to get to Bowser's Castle. Let me just like go all the way through. Uh same with Mega Man X. Let me go all the way through without collecting anything and see if how far I can get and that sort of thing. So how about you? Yeah, I think what you said with multiplayer games uh, was kind of what I was going to go for. I think things like uh, the Turtles beat 'em ups not the first one, but if you play the arcade game or the third one, I think that has some replay value. Jackal is another one that I have personally played a few times just because I like, you know, when people come over and they want to play a game with me and they want to play on the NES or something like that, It's I think it's, an, it's a fun one to play for two people, especially if someone's not like really good at it. You know, that's that's kind of a good one. It's not like a forgiving game, but it's short and it's kind of sweet. And everyone tends to have a lot of fun with it out of the gate. 
And also, I think sports games, um, you know, not not saying things like, you know, FIFA 96 or whatever, like anything that's like super simulation-y, but like those old school NES stuff like Tecmo Super Bowl, like I can play that over and over, over and over again. So stuff like that. I don't know if you're a sports fan, uh, Brad, but that for me is is something that I can have fun with because I can create new seasons and, and do do whatever I want. So that would be mine. And back to drinking games, like I I am trying to drink less when I record even footage for Nest Friend just because they end up requiring so much focus and concentration that when I go to get footage, I'm just it's just me drunkenly dying over and over. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I should have put it down before I got to this part because <laughs> this is just garbage and I'm just relying on safe states and there's not really like any good section where I'm not dying over and over again. <laughs> so yeah, drinking game is, is for an NES game would just be, I don't know how you do it with the Castlevanias, Brad. Good on you. Oh my God. That would kill me. Yeah. For NES games, I mean, especially with so many of them have such brutal difficulty um, especially among those rules, I, I can think of a drinking game for like Griffey baseball, where it's like you finish your beer if if your opponent hits a home run, or you know take a sip for every strike, yeah, or something like that. But um, anything after that, I, I you know, as far as like attributing alcohol to alcohol intake, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> attributing. Uh, some sort of action within the game to alcohol intake is tough to assign because that's how do you do that? I don't know. That's that's beyond me. It's above my pay grade. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I don't. I would almost be inclined to like make the drink when you actually succeed in something rather than fail because then. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I I like that idea actually. Yeah, if if you get uh, if you're playing Ninja Gaiden. If you get past that uh, spawn point of those annoying dudes that toss those crosses mm. without without getting hit, then you should finish your beer. You should, because it's probably warm because it's taken you forever to get past that part. Because <laughs> you've been sitting there for six <laughs> Exactly. You've been sitting there for six hours. All right. We got an email from Jono. Hello, Jono. Jono again. Thanks for emailing us, Jono. He says, hey, they're drunk friends. Just writing in to say how great the latest ep with Tara was. All right. I really enjoy how you guys seem to, seem able to turn to almost literally any conversation topic. That's mostly Trav, by the way. Uh, li- literally, the only downside to this episode was the fact that it made me feel like I should take up running. There are two issues with that. First, I'm way more into swimming. Secondly, I remember the last time I took up running and was swiftly reminded of the fact that my misspent youth was unkind on my right knee. And as a result of my adventure in jogging, I spent the next day with a pirate-worthy limp. (laughs) So if you guys can find any swimmers to chat to, that'd be aces, as Billy Bob Thornton would say (laughs) in Fargo. Have a great weekend, Jono. I'm wondering how... I've never heard anyone blame an injury or anything on a misspent youth. I think, I think that's a very interesting way to, to word something like, what was he doing his whole youth with his knee that now it just, was he just playing catcher? Maybe. Is that it? That could be it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he was like a shoe shine boy, <laughs> like the 1920s. Yeah. And he was just like on his, you know, like scratching, right. like shining people's shoes. It's like a chimney sweep in 
Britain. Yeah, like chimney sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was doing that. I don't know. Well, John, I'm sorry uh, about your knee, buddy. Um, but swimming, yeah. swimming is better on the joints. I do agree. And hey, I mean, swimming th- is way better. Yeah. I would much rather swim than run. If I had the, if I had the choice, if I could get a pool that um I could swim in and not around other people during a pandemic, I would totally take up swimming. But uh, Jono, we don't know any swimmers, so if you know if you know one who's interesting, let us know. I talk to a swimmer. I got questions for swimmers. Yeah, you know Michael Phelps. Bring him on. Big Michael Bigweed Phelps. That's right. Um, but no, seriously, I, I am interested in people that do anything awesome. So if there's an awesome swimmer out there, pass them on. We don't care. If they're interesting enough, we'll talk to them. Right on. Okay. Sorry about your limp. Also, Jono, hope that gets better. All right. So, uh, we got another one here from someone who simply goes by Jay. He says, hello, Alex and Trav. I'm a listener and I have a question. <laughs> uh, what old school game, however you define it, did you play purely for the multiplayer back when multiplayer tended to be an afterthought? Do you have experiences where a game's two-player mode turned out to have more to it than even the developers may have imagined? For me, it's Metal Warriors on the SNES. In middle school, my best friend and I put 100 hours into it before I ever touched the main story mode. We knew the mechs and stages inside and out and rented it almost every weekend for a period. It was our Smash before Smash. Jay. It's a good question, Jay. I think for me... um, I was an only child, and I didn't uh, really play many multiplayer games, so I feel like I have a huge blind spot to that experience. But the the only time I can remember like playing multiplayer games was not. I mean, it was it was during the time where multiplayer was becoming a thing. Like during, I would say, like the N sixty four made it a little easier. You had four, you know, controller ports. GoldenEye was kind of made for it, um, and things like Twisted Metal. I played that. But anything before that on, like, my Genesis or Super Nintendo or NES, I don't remember playing a lot with other people, unfortunately. What about you, Alex? I'm sure you have brothers and stuff. You probably played a ton. Well, I remember my brother refused to play Secret of Mana unless his friend Jason was over. And uh, because when you start playing Secret of Mana, you eventually get, uh, you know, you start by yourself and then you eventually get the girl uh, then she leaves, and then you get the sprite, and then uh, the girl again. Spoiler alert! Oh man! But um, yeah, and it, it got to the point where he got so frustrated with the computer AI, he was like, "I'm not going to play this again until my friend Jason is over." Hmm. So that that was his thing. So I'll always af- associate uh, multiplayer with that game. Um. For me, I I was not lucky enough to play Metal Warriors. Holy crap, that would have been awesome though. Yeah. Um I think it was just like most beat 'em ups. Uh any beat 'em up that had multiplayer. I think uh Battletoads did. I think Battletoads and Double Dragon did. Uh Final Fight 2 was the first Final Fight game on console that introduced multiplayer. Any sort of like beat 'em up, you know, simple gameplay stuff that uh allowed anybody to play alongside me was always welcome and it's like oh hey i can have you play this because i don't have to teach you how to play you can figure it out yourself because it's really simple you know what i mean yeah yeah like uh um whereas with like griffy baseball it's like uh what's baseball again how do i play (laughs) how many outs are there (laughs) it's like uh god 
And that's that's a pain in the ass. Whereas like, okay, punch the guy that's coming at us. Right. You know, it's 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 much easier. That's so, true. Yeah. It's mostly beat em ups like Turtles in Time, Final Fight Two, that sort of stuff. I did have a memory though of maybe kind of what he's moving toward, which was like like unintended multiplayer fun where I remember my cousin and I when the, this is more of the PlayStation era, but he my cousin was a little younger than me and we we grew up in in the Appalachian Mountains. We we were born and bred to enjoy a little bit of NASCAR. So we had NASCAR ninety something on the PlayStation and I remember we would only play it multiplayer just so we could turn the cars around and just wreck the shit out of everything. And we would do that for <laughs> hours. We did that more than we never went forward in that game, I don't think. I think as soon as it started and it gave you a coasting start, it would just immediately slam on the brakes, go in reverse, and try to go as fast as we could and wreck every other car. So that was uh, maybe a good example of what you're talking about. Now we're just talking about like, like how do you screw up a game beyond what it was intended to do. Right. And with Doom, uh, yeah, that's the best for that, where you run through a room in Doom and then you, you type in, when you're playing Doom for, for PC... I, for me, it was Doom Two, but um, you type an ID clip on your oh yeah keyboard, yeah. and then you can clip through. You just get all the enemies' attention. You back into the wall, and then you can watch all the enemies slaughter each other, and it's just the best. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, love that. Hey there, drunk friends. First off, congratulations on the continued success of your podcast and both of your channels on YouTube. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The hard work of both of you both into podcasts and channels definitely shows thanks question for you which nes or super nes game tells the most detailed and or intriguing story to you trav i'm interested in your response we know alex is going to say chrono trigger ha 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 i can answer that now i think i'm going to say ninja gaiden Gaiden, Gaiden, on the uh, on oh the, nice, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that's that's a good answer. Actually. Great cutscenes, yeah. pretty good story. If you're if you're able to make it through, I had to just watch the cutscenes on YouTube to see it all because I can't beat that game. But yeah, it's a good story. It's it's a really good, uh, it's very well structured game because it gives you incentive to keep going through those frustrating parts yep. that uh, are ridiculously difficult, like uh, the respawning enemies and all that sort of nonsense. But yeah, I would say Chrono Trigger, obviously, obviously. Um, but yeah, Ninja Gaiden's a very good uh, answer. So, and then he goes on to say, side note, Alex, I actually picked up a 3DS and bought Chrono Trigger to play it because of you. Wow. Mm. I uh, And you're a high opinion of the game. Wow. Wow. So far, I'm not disappointed. Wow. Jeez. Uh, I grew up a huge illusion of Gaia and Secret of Mana fan. Both of you have a great day. William Chicago. All right. I don't think Chicago is his last name. I think he's from <laughs> Chicago. I'm just speculating. Yeah. But. I mean, if his name was William Chicago, his name is now for us William Chicago. Thank you, William Chicago. Well, what it, I, I think I should sum it up to Bill Chicago. Bill Chicago, of course, I think that yeah. sounds I mean, better. we're friends with him. We can say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. You inspired yet another person to try and play uh, Chrono Trigger because uh, you, you were also my, I guess, inspiration for getting into it. So there you go. You're just, you're a Chrono Trigger. They should hire you. Why? Well, I, I hope they don't because <laughs> I get just as many people saying like Chrono Trigger's overrated. But I uh will say that the th- the extra content that the 3DS version contains is a little non-essential, I'll say. It's not that great. Uh I would say just I would recommend just sticking with what the 
regular game has. The extra endings and all that sort of stuff are awesome. They're super fun. Uh, but as far as like the 3DS exclusive content, it's not all that great, unfortunately. Bummer. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's... What NES... Uh, I mean, are there any other games that come to mind that tell any sort of story to you that uh, stand out? I mean, Ninja Gaiden's one, but... Yeah, it's uh, kind of tough, right? Because the... Uh narrative was just shoot in to a lot of manuals and never mentioned in the game right. a lot of the time. I think you'd have to look at things like probably the easy go-tos would be like Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior. You know, they they have some yeah. decent narratives. River City Ransom is probably not too bad. There's a, some story elements sure. there. Um, But yeah, for the most part, it's it's not real deep. And, and there's a lot of games I haven't played that people say have decent stories. I, I just haven't, I don't have that firsthand um experience with it but um but yeah it's, it's definitely definitely not its strong suit for for the system with story crystallis is probably decent it's more fun i think than it has a good story but it's it's good enough golgo 13 those games golgo 13 is amazing yeah. the 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 both those games the i think the second one's called the mafia conspiracy mm-hmm. i can't remember what this the first one's called but um, it's just the top secret episode golgo 13 oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The both those games are I the, those were like a revelation to me not too long ago, like a few months ago, where I first played those. I was like, "Holy crap! Like, where did these games come from? Like, they're just I never saw them in Nintendo Power or anything. They were just yeah, very interesting, very uh, involved, and very uh, yeah, very different than what I was used to. That's for damn sure. Yeah, definitely. I've heard people say that like uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom has a fun story. I don't know. I've not played it. I kind of want to because it's so goofy looking. But yeah, I know Daria likes it. I remember it. seeing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Riggs loves it. Yeah, um, that's right. I yeah, we talked to. Uh, when I saw that for the first time uh, in Nintendo Power, I was just like, "What? What is this? Vegetables and you know, like talking tomatoes <laughs> and all this sort of stuff." And I, was, I thought it was a kids' game, and then I looked at it a bit further, and I remember, you know, I would read all my friends' Nintendo Powers. And all that sort of stuff. And I, I saw that one. And reading about that game, I remember, it, I think I was in third or fourth grade. And being so turned off, being like, what is this crap? But then being drawn in, like, oh, there's a lot more to this game uh, than meets the eye. And that's, you know, it's one of those, like, turning points where it's like, oh, video games aren't just Atari games. Where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. here's what this is forever (laughs) you know what i mean this is what this is until eternity it's like nintendo games can be something uh for and they can turn into other things you know what i mean yeah and they had the ability to like twist the the story in the game where you know they they, there would be something in the manual to kind of get you started and then something could play out in the game and you'd get to the end and there'd be a resolution but like the atari stuff like the manual would literally be the only story you got to be like rick silverspoon's gonna fly his spaceship (laughs) to the blue planet to save his lover from the Gorkonians, and and then you get to the end of the game and it's like i guess that was what i did i guess i did that damn right rick Silverspoon. yeah yeah that, that's me and then you just go walk in a field for like three hours and like yeah i'm rick spill i'm rick spilverspoon <laughs> and i'm drunk and can't say my own name i can't say my own name <laughs> spilverspoon spilverspoon 
Well, so because uh, we we just did our last email there from Bill Chicago, thank you, Bill. We uh, and we don't have a guest, I guess, and we've already done Sly Corner. We do have some listener questions, and a lot of you out there are asking, like, "Hey, what's the difference between emails and listener questions?" Well, I'll tell you, they come from a different place, and emails are longer, so that's the big difference. So our first listener question is from Samurai Sam. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where Samurai is. This a Patreon, maybe? Yes. Okay, Samurai Sam from the Snestruck Patreon, he asks, if you could drastically lower the price of one expensive retro game, which would it be and why? And I feel like the why is always, that's just so I can buy it. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say like either, and because I'm a collector, this actually does kind of matter to me. If you're an emulation person, you don't care. But like Little Samson or Snatcher would be great just so that I could possess them. And they're also good games. They're not just collection fluff. They're not like stadium (laughs) events where it's like, it's dumb. Right. It's not like you're collecting like the the exercise bike that plugs into the Super Nintendo (laughs) or whatever the hell that thing is. Oh, yeah. You know, for the the sake of owning it. Uh, Bullshit. You know, who cares? But um, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, Little Samson, that's good. That's good choice. Um, Snatcher, good choice. For me, it would probably be uh, Evo. Oh, uh, search for Eden. I don't own that cartridge. I, I just because I would have loved that game if I were a kid. Um, it's your cl- the classic case of a game where it's just like you sit down with it at first, and it's like okay, you just sit around and eat fish, and then you get that <laughs> menu pop up, and you have to make choices. It's like, what do I do? And then your fish, you see your fish change once you do that. And it's like, oh, shit, like (laughs) this stuff matters. Okay, I'm going to eat more fish and make more choices and do more stuff. And it's super fun. I need to revisit your video Um, on that one. It's been a while, but I I do know that one's one of the one of the top dollar ones on the system, right? Yeah, it's over to I think it's close to 200 bucks. Yeah, I really want that one a lot. So just. For fun, you know, just for the childhood aspect of it, it has nothing to do with collecting or anything like that. I I'm kind of done with that. Without you know, sounding. I hope I don't sound like a snob saying that. But oh no, no, I I actually don't want anyone to collect for a couple reasons. One, it's like it costs a lot of money and uh, it's it's dumb, and I can't stop myself from doing it. But two, if you stop collecting and sell your games, I can get them. So, <laughs> nah. <laughs> not gonna happen so, i mean i'm just keeping them that's my angle you know like yeah no one should collect it's dumb just let me collect well that brings us to our second question here from mike should every copy of bill and beer's combat basketball <laughs> be tracked down and thrown into the same landfill atari <laughs> through all their unsold copies of et the answer is no uh, no because then the game would become rare oh that's a good point and then people like trav will start freaking tracking them down yeah and collecting them yeah and then i'll get to brag about owning one which no one wants no. to see yeah i would do it horrible and that he's he goes by william lambier it's a switcheroo from bill chicago <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible Boo. uh but uh, uh you know it may be not bill lambier's basketball but uh i don't know i can't think of a game i hate that bad. I, I don't know that I hate a game as much as you maybe are playing it up a bit, but dramatically hate Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. I don't know that I have. Mm. I don't think I have a, a Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. I mean, I do have Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball, but I don't have an NES equivalent. 
you got to come up with one for for your character. You know, the people people need to combat, or uh, I'm sorry, people need to comment right on your uh on your on your channel saying like, well, at least this wasn't such and such and such and such. Yeah, blah 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 blah. Is that getting old yet? Do you get no. a comment every uh, every video that says like not every video yeah. every every like well, like once a month or so <laughs> that's or still like a lot a few times a month or so you yeah. know what's happened to it's me fine. you know what my character my character so to speak has done is that now people just feel like they don't need to say anything correctly in the comments and then just play it off like my Tato Taito thing because the other day some guy was like good video Trevor. I was like, who's Trevor? And he was like, Trevor, Tristan, Troy. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> I'm getting played. Well done. Yeah, I know. It was actually very good. I was upset about it, but in a playful way. Hans Gruber. It was Hans Gruber that did it. Well, he would do that. Why wouldn't Hans Gruber do that? If he's not going to hold a bank for <laughs> hostage for money, then what else is he going to do? When I saw it, I said, that's such a Gruber move. Such a Gruber oh, move. Gr- Gruby move. Yeah, that's what I said. But yeah, man, I, you know, every two weeks uh, for a little bit here on The Old Drunk Friend, and um, this is going to be a shorter episode, but I think people got what they wanted. They got plenty of Ness and Sness talk. They got some Sylvester Stallone talk. We squeaked in some Arnold and some Seagal for free. So I think this is a pretty, <laughs> pretty, this is an action-packed episode. I think people should enjoy it. Hopefully they did. Uh, all right, everyone. Well, that has been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We might even read it out here on the show. And I will say, if you want to hear more podcasts from our crew, please head on over to polykill.com and poke around. And I'll expand on that a little bit. We got, we got some new, we've got some new podcasts over there, Alex. We got, we got Indie Quest. So if you, if people are interested in indie games, we got a couple guys, my co-host from Polykills on there. Josh Leslie, who who does our logo, is also on that podcast talking about indie video games. And it's really good. It's really, really good. Get get a get learned on those little bite-sized games that don't get a whole lot of recognition. And some you talk about hidden gems. That is where they're at. So please check out that podcast. And also Petey, uh Michelle from Petey's Power Hour. She used to just be someone who emailed the show. Now she's a podcast superstar. And she has a whole uh, podcast series about alcoholic beverages. And she has interviewed me. She's interviewed Alex. She has interviewed, uh, well, she has some interviews coming up with Caleb and our friend Musty Hobbit and Pam of Cannot Be Tamed. So uh, she might be overtaking us pretty soon. So we should be on the lookout for Michelle. Maybe we should try to sabotage her, actually. And Tales of the Lesser Medium, which is a, a podcast where Caleb and I make fun of um, video game narratives. And it's it's a lot of fun. So please please go over there and poke around and check out some of those shows, would you? Yeah, Michelle's going to take over us, and I'm not. I'm pretty nervous about that. But uh, if email isn't your thing, it's no big deal. Uh, but if you would still like to contribute, a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice will help us out big time. So do it. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, man. You remind me of my father, and I miss him so much. Um, you can find <laughs> us all on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Trav Plays Games, and Alex, he's, he's over there at Snesnrook. Am I? I almost almost called you SNES friend. <laughs> SNES drunk. Well, I am a SNES. Should I? Are you telling me I need to go out and commandeer SNES friend on Twitter and <laughs> snesfriend.com before somebody else takes it? Maybe. That way, you, yeah, you can just be my son of a bitch. <laughs> You're going to take that before I do. As always, or wait, is that your line? No, you're blue. Is it? No, that's my line. As always, 
As always, we want to shout out the show's theme composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. We also want to thank Josh Leslie, as always, for our thirst-quenching logo. Thank you, Josh. Be sure to catch us on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers!